Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. Well, Nathan, so today we don't have any guests in the studio. That's, that's amazing. Uh, that is amazing. However, I was thinking that you didn't think I was very much of a, a a good you know conversationalist. That's why you always bring help. Well, the good news, bad news is there's no guest today. That's the good news. Bad news is is that this podcast that people are going to hear in just a couple of minutes. Uh, it doesn't actually, have me in it. It was recorded yesterday with guests minus you. Yeah, so. yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because Micah it's not true. turns around. Don't tell me it's not true. It's what you told me. It, 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 it's, I, I had this awesome, awesome time with this, with this incredible man of God. That's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> and, you, and, then, and then you have this amazing conversation. And then you think this should be on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Of course, I'm not here. And you decide to run it anyway and take all kinds of creative well, you shut up, man. Listen. And so, <laughs> in the end, I get left out. And then you, then you end up telling everybody I'm on vacation constantly. Oh, you're such a whiner. Go oh. home to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that's funny. Well, listen, I wasn't here for the live recording of this, but when you called me and you were so excited about it, I, to be honest, Mike, I, I loved it. The, the fact that this, uh, this man's testimony talks about how, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit changed his life. Yeah. And I know that, uh, for a lot of people and you, I think you probably have experienced this in your life too. Uh, a lot of people shy away from ever talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they're either embarrassed that it, you know, that, that we believe it comes with, uh, the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues. And then they just kind of like, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think what I, what I've recognized, if you, if you study scripture, you can't deny that the power comes through the baptism of the Holy spirit. And, and that's, you look at Acts 8, go to Acts 8. If you have your Bibles turn there, you see that Philip had just converted all these Samaritans to salvation. They like so these Samaritans were they've accepted Jesus. They've even been baptized in water, right? But it get, word gets back to Jerusalem. And so the apostles, they send John and Peter, they go down to Samaria and they say, Hey, you guys have one thing you need right now. And and the scripture says, because they had only been baptized by water. So there was they were missing something. It wasn't that they were second class citizens. They just hadn't walked into the power. Now you they accepted Jesus as their savior. They got baptized by water. And then when John and and uh and Peter came in, they laid hands on them and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which then empowered them to go out and do incredible things. You they started casting out demons, healing the sick, preaching the gospel with great fervor, and just the courage that people were so impressed with and wisdom and discernment and, and words of knowledge, all of those things came with the baptism of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And and to me, when I when I saw that in scripture for the first time, I was like, why? why don't we know this? Why have we not been, they were, they, they were missing something, yeah. you know? And, and we ask the question all the time. I mean, most Christians, even if you're not a baptism of the Holy Spirit, spirit kind of person, I think we could all agree that the church in America is pretty weak. Like, I mean, pretty irrelevant, pretty like feckless. It just in general in America, like we don't look at churches and be like, Whoa! They're healing the sick. They're those that those Christians over there going to hospitals, and the hospitals just they, they just all the people start healing, are getting healed, and people are walking out. Like, yeah. where is that power? And I and I think it's because we haven't taught on 
where that power comes from in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think you're right. And, and I don't think that that's a new occurrence. I, I think that uh, if you go back and look at the first century Christians, uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was so normative. In fact, the, the portion of Scripture that you're talking about with the apostles sent Peter and John, they sent their, their two of their top the big, guns. Big yeah, guys. Yeah, they, they, sent their, yep. uh, they sent their heavy hitters. And this is the second time. The first, the, the second time, I mean, that, that we get to see how the early church felt about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because we get, we get Jesus who says, don't you even leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. He, he told 500 people that, or, you know, he, he's, he's telling his followers. Before he ascends into heaven. Yeah, 500 yeah. people saw him alive, handled him, ate with him, touched him, right? And then, and then he told them, stick around. Only 120 do uh, on the day of Pentecost. But if Jesus is saying, when you get this power, and that's where the word in the Greek, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it's dunamis. It is where we get our word dynamite, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of explosive power. Mm -hmm. um, that, that this is what comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For what purpose? So you can so so you could have some kind of manifestation uh, in terms of like shaking, or you can get goosebumps, or no, it has nothing to do with that. So you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's all about world evangelism at Life Church. Effectiveness. We, yeah, yeah. We we like to say it. It's here, near, and far. Mm -hmm. You know, and and we're going out. Then you have that port portion of scripture you're talking about okay well we, if, if they've been saved and they've been baptized that's awesome they need the baptism of the holy spirit that's not going to be the the only place that that happens then paul the apostle has this situation where he meets apollos and apollos has only the baptism of john and he's awesome he's doing the work of god he's accurately arguing with the Jews, convincing them from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ, but he has a limitation of he only knows one baptism. And the whole thing you're learning in the book of Acts is you're learning there's two baptisms. You know, you're learning what, what happens to the church when this power is moving them along. They're figuring stuff out and they're, and they're moving forward. So, you know, Paul realizes, hey, Apollos, only has one baptism. He makes a special trip back to Ephesus where Apollos is from, walks in, finds believers, and says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they go, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. To your point, Micah, that's what I think a lot of Christians, hey, they've got no teaching on this. Mm -hmm. and, and a part of that is because of something called cessationism. And cessationism says that God doesn't do this anymore like this that it was only for the apostolic era and it stopped. Well, we don't believe that, right? Well, it doesn't, there's nowhere in Scripture that says it that. It does not say that. But they take a portion of Scripture from, um, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where there's tongues and when there's knowledge and where, and where there's wisdom, and these things will pass away. They want to say tongues has passed away, but they don't want to say knowledge or wisdom has passed away. How do you just pull one thing out of there? Right. And then you got you you have to go back to uh, uh, really Peter's first sermon. He's talking about the the Holy Spirit is who Jesus sent to us, mm -hmm. he, and he's called the promise of the Father. And then and then he says this. He, he says this promise of the Father 
is for you and your children and your children's children as many as are far off. Yeah. Well, that would be me and you. Yeah. So, so how in the world can you say this has ended? Now, do I think it's as normative in our world today? Not as it should be. I agree with that. I think you know, you, you even look at the, uh, the life of Christ. You know, Jesus was always God. He's always been God. He, he is the Word made flesh. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and the Word became flesh, right? So we know that this has Jesus has always been God. He's been the Word of God. But Jesus takes on flesh. He comes in the form of a baby. You know, that's why we celebrate Christmas. He, he grows his, in, into this man, but nowhere in Scripture is it recorded that he ever has the power to do miracles. Um, he teaches. You see him teaching as a young man. He's, very, he's got a lot of wisdom, right? And the Bible says he, he, was, he, was, uh, he was amazing those in the temple with, with his wisdom and his teaching. Um, but we don't see him turning water into wine when he's a teenager. We don't see him walking on water when he's, you know, 20 years old. What None of that happens until this amazing story we see in Scripture where he goes to John the Baptist, and he says, John, I want you to baptize me. John says, I'm not even able to untie your shoes, let alone baptize. You need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, John, you have to do this. He's basically saying, if you don't do this right now, I, you're, you're holding you're holding what I need to do back, right? So you see, John baptizes Jesus. And then when Jesus comes out of the water, what happens? John sees, he, 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 he knows from the Lord whom you see the Holy Spirit descend upon and remain. Yep. And that, that and remain is so powerful yep. because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit comes and goes and comes yep. and goes and comes and goes. And these people do incredible feats of power and strength and anger. And, so you look like you know, Samson, right? Samson, yeah. Saul. I mean, yep. these guys have this powerful moment, but then the Holy Spirit lives off of them. Yep. But with Jesus... It opened, the, the heavens open up. Yeah. The Spirit of God descends like a dove right. and rests and stays on Jesus. And then you see Jesus go out Turn water into wine, cast out demons, heal the sick, and and here's here's what I what I what the Lord really showed me in this. He said, Mike, if you go to Philippians two, Philippians two says uh, the Lord he humbled himself, took on the form of a servant, humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. So he left his throne in heaven. That whole passage talks about Jesus stepping off his throne in heaven, taking on this humility, this this humble form of a man. Right. Well, if you go back to the earlier text, that actually, if you study that passage. It talks about the attributes of God in the Greek. You see that basically that that passage says that God left all attributes that make him God and left him left that in heaven and came down, took on the form of a man, humbled himself even unto death on the cross. Well, if if all the attributes now he never stopped becoming God. It didn't say God left his godship. It just said all the attributes that make God God. And and he left him in heaven. Well, well, we know that Jesus did incredible godly things like like healing the sick casting out demons walking on water all of the miracles were attributes of god so where did he get that well it came back to him when the holy spirit descended upon him and stayed after the baptism of water so so baptism of water happened then the baptism of the holy spirit happened and then all of heaven's power goes whoop, right back onto the shoulders of Christ, and he walks into the power that he had known for eons and eons prior. He's going to go right from the baptism 
that he has, where the Lord speaks over him his identity. And you just did a great message talking about uh, our, who we are in Christ, right? What's our what's our real identity? Jesus is spoken over, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. That's how the father sees his son, Jesus. The Holy Spirit sends upon him and remains. He almost immediately goes into the wilderness. It says, full of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, he goes through all these ordeals with the devil. He continues to overcome the devil by claiming, you know, by, by saying, the it word. is written, yeah. it is written, it is written, right? And then he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So full of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and he can't be touched. He can't be stopped, right? For us to come in our world today as preachers and say, what Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high so you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's just not that important. And, and, and the same thing that the apostles said we need to send our heavy hitters, Peter and John, down to the Samaritans, it's just not that important. <laughs> and, then, and then to say to Paul the apostle, who, who said himself, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Right, he 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 used this because what is tongues? He who speaks in tongues prays to God. It's right there in Scripture. So what is tongues? It's just prayer, praise, or thanksgiving. It's all directed up to God. It comes from our spirit, bypasses our brain. We can't mess it up or ask a miss. Right? It's a lot of times we don't get our prayers answered because we ask incorrectly because it's what we want, not what God wants. But this way of praying bypasses your brain. You can't mess it up when you pray in the Spirit. Paul says, I pray in the Spirit and with understanding. I sing in the Spirit and with understanding, right? This is normative practice for Paul. He models, but in 2022, it's just not that important. To me, that that's an error. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't say that to hurt anybody. I don't say that. Because I, in any way, I think I'm better than anyone else. Uh, we, we say this at Life Church. There's no second-class citizens. A lot of times people, when they get around people who have a Pentecostal experience, they will say, well, I haven't ex- received that, and so I feel like I'm second-class. I think that's the enemy putting that on them. Well, and, and there have been some churches. I mean, oh, I, like oh, where without a doubt, when the Pentecostal churches say, "If you don't speak in tongues, you really aren't a Christian, or you really are." That you is don't, wrong. Yeah, in in yeah. and and hear that Bunk. from our heart. Yeah. It is not that you have to speak in tongues to be a Christian. That is not biblically accurate. That's you that's don't even ac- have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be a Christian. You actually don't even have to be water baptized to believe a Christian. I mean, you look at the thief on the right who is in paradise with Jesus yeah, today. He, Was he ever yeah, baptized? Yeah. By yeah. either boat water or fire, no, and yet he's right. he's with Jesus today. So you're right. So if you hear people that's ever tell you, well, you know, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're a second class. That's not true at all. What you're saying is, hey, we want you to be effective and powerful because we need all Christians to give the devil a butt kicking yeah. right back where he came from, and you just can't do it to the fullness unless you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and what we're saying is, it's a subsequent work. To salvation, mm-hmm. it comes after your salvation. Here's the here's the reality: no one can can speak with other tongues, be filled with the Holy Spirit, except that they're first saved. Mm-hmm. 
And and so it is something that should actually help a believer. Do you ever do you ever struggle with the fact that hey, am I really a Christian, right? Because the enemy comes and he gets in your head and he starts telling you every reason why you're disqualified and why why you're not. I think you know, as a teenager, as a, you know, you 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 do you make mistakes, you sin, and you always go back and you're like, oh Lord, I I need I need to be saved again. Please save me again. Dude, I did and that like, eight thousand <laughs> times, and 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 it was because of my 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 lack of the understanding of the power of the blood of Christ. Yeah. If, if, and, and, you know, this gets into even a larger argument, which is not, you know, the point of what, I don't know if we're ever going to get to Joseph, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we are. It's just, it's just, if, if the last thing that you do in terms of a sin is, is so powerful, it can, it can rip you, rip your salvation away. Then you really don't believe in a very powerful, uh, you, you just don't believe that the blood of Jesus is very powerful. I mean, how 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 great is grace if the last sin you completed wipes it out? Mm-hmm. There's that 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 makes no sense to me, right? All I I feel bad whenever I do hear people who tell me that somebody who was Pentecostal hurt hurt them, and I think and they then want to avoid even the conversation, and they want to avoid having anybody pray for them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or talk to them any more about it. I think to myself, I wonder if somebody who wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit also hurt you, right? Because you can't throw out this whole doctrine talked about in Scripture just because someone hurt you along the way. Well, We don't want to hurt you. You're not a second-class citizen. We're not going to treat you worse. We just believe that God still wants this for you and you just haven't experienced it yet but that doesn't mean you can't have it it's an entitlement to any bible believing god fearing jesus loving christian you're you jesus wants this for you yeah. and he's the person who could actually do it john said i baptize you in water but one mightier than i he comes he will baptize you in the holy spirit and with fire who's the only person who has the ability to baptize you in the holy spirit it's jesus. a sovereign work of jesus alone yeah that's good um you know that argument where it's like man i've been hurt by somebody in you know that background well non non christians say that all the time about why they're not christians like it's like oh i was i was hurt in the church, you know, so there was some, you know, stupid pastor did something dumb or said something to me that I've never been able to get over and, and hurt me. And, and the, you know, not downplaying that hap- that happens a lot. Like the people make mistakes, people in ministry make mistakes and do things they shouldn't do. But, um, but we would look at that, you know, most even Christians that maybe don't want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit would say, man, don't, don't discredit Christ because, right. because somebody else did something stupid to you. Look at Jesus. You know, it's kind of like, I would say the same thing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The person saying, "Don't don't discredit the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit because of somebody who did something stupid." And yeah, you know, it's like the it's like the young man that that is abused by his father. He's a and he grows up in his life. And he's like, "I'm never going to be like my father. I'm never going to be like my father. I'm never going to be like my father." Well, he turns out to be just like his father. Well, why is that? Is because you become like the thing that you're looking at, mm-hmm. and. And he was looking at his dad the whole time. He mm. never got his eyes on Jesus. And people who say, well, I was hurt by a Christian. I'm never going to be a Christian. I was hurt by that person. Well, they're looking at the wrong person. Don't look at that person. Look at Christ. Mm. Look at what he's done. And how. And you start looking at him, you're going to start becoming what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look like him. And and I think you know it's the, it, it applies here. Stop looking at the people who 
don't understand it or have abused it or 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 even maybe don't abuse it, but just make mistakes with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a gift. I, I tell people, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it unleashes your spiritual gifts in ways that you've never been able to, you know, even, even fathom. But gifts are still something you have to develop, you know, the gift of prophecy or or words of knowledge. Like I I I my physical giftings are no different than my spiritual giftings. I I had the gift to play guitar. It was in me. God put it me in put that in me when I was, you know, a baby. But but I couldn't play guitar when I was seven years old. I mean, I I had to develop the gift. I had to practice the gift. I hit a lot of wrong notes when yeah, I was learning absolutely. how to play guitar. What's well, the same still thing? Hit a lot of wrong <laughs> notes. Do you play guitar? Oh yeah, that's right. You play guitar. <laughs> yes, Micah. I was a worship leader at one time. In oh my yeah, life. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. You got that G chord down pretty good. <laughs> I at least know three. No, in a capo, uh, you own a capo. Uh, yeah, but I struggle with that too. Um, no, I, I think you're totally right. You, yeah, and and the thing is, in any gift, you walk a gift out humbly. If you have been around people that were spirit filled and they spoke in tongues and they 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 talked arrogantly, well, I would just say, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just let that go. It doesn't change the fact that it's still true. It, it just, I'm sorry that it wasn't modeled well. We all have to spit out the bones with good people that we meet and problems they have. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but don't turn your, your attention away from something God wants for you. You know, the, the Bible says if we being earthly fathers, you know, and wicked fathers delight to give our, our children good gifts, how much more so does the Heavenly Father want to give the Holy Spirit if you ask Him? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like there's an asking. If you ask Him, just just pray about this. Just ask the Lord. Lord, I, I just seek the Holy Spirit. I'm not asking you to seek tongues. Tongues, is, it's, like, it's like going to somebody who wants to be baptized and saying, I'm seeking to get wet. <laughs> no, you're seeking <laughs> baptism. Yeah. Being wet is just the evidence that you've been in the water, right? And that's what I think that speaking in tongues is. It, it's just the evidence that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and why would God choose tongues? This is what we call our Pentecostal distinctive. And uh, why, why would he choose tongues? Because, because when you hear someone speak in tongues, like when I'm in a service and I hear someone around me speaking in tongues, I think to myself, I'm so grateful that the gospel came to my language because if it wouldn't have come to my language, if, if it's not, if somebody doesn't translate God's word into my language, would I have come to know salvation? Would I have come to know Jesus? And then I think there's 7,700 languages in the world. It's like half those languages. We have not even translated the Bible into those languages yet. And are you excited that you have Jesus? Don't you want that for someone else? Because the Bible says that every tribe, every language, every tongue is going to worship God. And that's our job. Until that job is done, and this gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to every every tribe and nation, and then the end will come, then we better do this. It's about world evangelism. And, and I think it just means get, get your tail out the door. Your job is to do this. So how do you get it? 
for those who are listening right now say, okay, that's great, but but what do I do? Yeah, I, I, well, I, and and it's so different for so many people. This is like trying to tell Jesus how He has to do something. He, I, I think that there is something about worship when we worship the Lord, because remember, it's prayer, praise, or thanksgiving. What are those things? They're worship. This is how I feel about you, Lord. And I was 12 years old. I don't know how you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I was 12 years old. I was at church on a Sunday night. I listened during our worship service to all these people worshiping God. And they were speaking in tongues. And I prayed a little prayer. My, my sister, Donya, 10 years old, sitting right next to me. My hands were in the air. And I said, Lord, I want to do that. And all of a sudden, boom, it just came out of my mouth. My dad was baptized in the Holy Spirit as a Catholic Nobody even told him what it was. He was in his devotions, in his room, rolled over on his bed, put his hands in the air and started speaking in tongues, thought it sounded like baby talk, so he quit after 30 seconds. But then later, he broke a Catholic cardinal rule, which is you're never allowed to go into a Protestant church. He goes into a full gospel businessman's meeting, heard speaking in tongues, immediately remembered back to when he was on his bed, and he goes, I've done that. I've been in India where nobody has ever seen TBN or gold chairs or anything like that. I've explained the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It took me three days to do it between all the translation and going through and giving them an understanding of Scripture. And then I said, come back on Monday. We're going to lay hands on you, and I believe you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I watched the things that I have seen my whole life happen to them. And, I mean, it freaked them out. In the Indian culture, they believe that as soon as you're baptized in water, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit because that's what happened to Jesus. And I had to kind of go back and say, I don't think it's quite like that, brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters. But then I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have this experience. And you're about to hear the testimony of a man whose life was changed massively, radically, when he experienced this. So how, how did you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit? So my parents were there and they, you know, they were obviously filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and we were going to a church and, and I was, I was probably, I think I was around 12 years old as I, you know, my, my story was similar to yours, Nathan. Um, but I remember being in the, in this like Wednesday night, there was an evangelist, you know, kind of prayer meeting thing that was going on. And, and they, they, I was just like, what, you know, what is this and why, you know, they talked me through it and, and and then laid, laid hands on me and, and I prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and boom you know got it and you know started speaking in tongues and and I you know I think it's one of those things where I think people um, have to have to remember the, the the spirit the supernatural the spiritual realm is weird you know what I mean like it's it's supernatural by definition that means it's weird like it's not natural it's supernatural it's not you know you're gonna look at everything natural and you can say that's normal. And everything supernatural is going to be going to be weird. It's going to be it's going to be you're not going to know what's going on. And I think for me it was kind of that way where I was like, this is really this is really weird. But I do recognize that there has been, you know, there have been times where I just I'm walk, I feel this this power like I'm I can whatever I'm doing in a moment. It's like it's like the Lord just he just begins to take over my body and I do something where I'm like, how did I say that that way? How did I do that that way? I, I it wasn't me. And I and I know that that is because of the Holy Spirit, and and so I think that's it's just been a testament. And now again, like I said, the Lord has He's taught me how to use that and how to walk in that effectively. But to me, it goes back to God loves you. 
you're you're saved the moment you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you surrender your life to him, you're saved. Honor him with water baptism. Show the world that you're following him. That's that's kind of like the marriage ceremony. You don't have to go through a ceremony in marriage to show the to be married. You're just showing your friends and family. You're saying, hey, uh, we're getting married. We're we're dedicating our lives to this. So that's why we do water baptism. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism by fire, is what lights a fire in you. And you it's like pouring rocket fuel into an already like, you know, burning flame. It just goes nuts and you do things that you never thought you had the power to do you never thought you'd be able to do and the lord says that's that's my power working in you and working through you and i think when man when churches and christians and followers of jesus get that it changes everything yeah yeah and, and joseph's story that you're going to hear joseph Zor- zorob uh, zorob is a uh, lebanese pastor and it's an amazing testimony and it is going to blow your mind how the lord got to him he lived a hellish life from the moment he was born to basically, you know, when the Lord got a hold of him as a young man, he was in constant conflict, like military conflict. He literally knew more about bombs and guns as a seven year old than I know about it right now as mm-hmm. a 30, 30 plus year old. So, um, the, uh, <laughs> the 30 year old, sorry. You're 40 now. <laughs> Come on. No, accept it. No, I'm not I'm 39, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to to set this up and just let you know you what you're going to hear is a is a powerful testimony from a man that God is using that yeah. nobody told him nobody told him what what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. The Lord just boom yeah. just gave it to him and and he man it's, it changed his life. So yeah. we probably I don't know I'm thinking right now like we just basically did a whole Jesus sex and politics episode which we're pastors we we say we're going to talk for just a few minutes and then it goes for a little more than a few minutes so maybe we give you a teaser and then and then next week we release the full episode but i think that's just going to tick people off i, I don't, don't know. know i hope i hope we got them excited to want to listen now that's right but, uh, hey in, as you go through this if if this touches your heart and if in any way um you know, we, we don't do this, this show just to uh, entertain you. That's not the point. The point is there's certain things that we feel like super passionate that the world needs to talk about. And if you do come to a point where you're like, hey, I'd really like to know more about that, then let us know. Uh, write to us. Let us know. Put it in the comments. We'll, Facebook, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah we, we want to follow up with you because um, Jesus wants you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants you to change your world. Jesus, sex, and politics. Talk about all those things. Nothing's off limits. Some people probably would not want to talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit in a podcast form, but we're doing it because it's important and and we're not afraid to do it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, I don't know how if we're gonna go into the next episode. Just play it already, man. Just play it. Play the episode or do we do our outro? No, no. Okay. Just, they don't. They don't. They'll be all right. Okay. There's going to be an intro, though. All right. So we'll we'll go into the next intro, and that's going to be the start of this amazing testimony that you're about to hear. So enjoy. Hey, welcome to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah, and Nathan's not here today. But we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Well, hey, we got, like I said, Nathan's not here today, but we have some amazing guests in the studio with us today, and I wanted to get this story out, Um, and so we're doing sort of an impromptu uh, 
podcast episode, but I think you're going to be blessed beyond measure today. We have uh, Matt Doubt. Matt's been a longtime friend. He's a worship pastor. He's a photographer. Lives in the Noblesville area, and uh, and he's connected to an incredible minister of the gospel in Lebanon named Joseph Zorbo. Did I say that last name right? Zorbo is that how you say it? Zorob. Zorob, Zorob, Joseph Zorob. So Joseph, you have an amazing story. You were just telling me some of the things God is doing in Lebanon through you and through the church over there. And I was like, guys, we have got to get this out to the world. So Joseph, thanks for being here. Matt, thanks for being here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, um, so Joseph, just take us back to the beginning. Tell us, tell us your testimony, if you how did you how did you come to know Jesus? And, and what is he doing in, you, in, you, in your heart today? And what's going on in Lebanon? Okay, I am so happy to be here and meet you, my brother. God is good all the time. Amen. Uh, I am so honored uh, here and to share my story. And I believe God will use this story uh, to heal many people and to know more Jesus. Uh, my name is Joseph Zorob. I am from Lebanon. I am a pastor for Church of God in Lebanon. I am leading four churches. It's global churches, Lebanese, Armenian, Filipino, and Ethiopian. And also I have a mission center in the south of Lebanon. I born uh, in uh, 1970. I am Christian background, Presbyterian Christian background. And uh, in the 1975, the civilian war started in Beirut. I was five years old. And all what I remember, uh, I am escaping with my family, my father holding me and escaping from building to building and hiding under the stairs. Bombs everywhere, explosions everywhere, snipers everywhere, deaths everywhere, the people are dying everywhere, uh, blood. And uh, one time uh, we wake up early, uh, late at night and uh, we hear our neighbor was screaming, need help, and nobody can go to help him. It was dark, no electricity, and snipers everywhere on the windows and the doors. And in the morning, we realized that uh, our neighbor, uh, they come and kill him and cut him in pieces, and they throw him in front of our door. My goodness. And I saw this, and this is shocked me. How, how old were you? About seven years or eight wow. years. Wow. Uh, the war started between Christians and Muslims, and uh, then it's grown to be with Christians and Syrians and Muslims, and it's mixed, different people fighting to each other. Joseph, Joseph told me once that uh, if you had 10 friends and some guns, you could form a militia. Wow. And, you, and literally, you could just fight other people. It was mass chaos. Um, Joseph, like his birth certificate says Christian. And so when you're born, you're born into a religion. It's not about accepting Christ. You're like, wow. they're people groups. Yeah. And in Lebanon, you have villages that are Sunni. You have villages that are Shia. You have villages that are Catholic. You have villages that are Druze. And so all of these people groups just for some reason, all of a sudden, just decided to start fighting Amazing. each other. It's, it's like a gang warfare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really yeah. what it is. Gang yeah. warfare. Yeah, yeah. 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 A whole uh, country, yeah. a whole country. Wow. Wow. Then what's happened, bring anger to my heart and I start to hate Muslims. And after that, uh, the Syrian army come to our country and they bomb our house. And all what I remember that I am flying uh, and all my toys, all my furniture and my father is running and hold me and uh, uh, I am full of dust. I'm screaming to my father, help me dad, we lost everything and Wow. I hear this word from my father say, it's okay, God will provide us. We are still alive. Mm. 
but also have more anger and more hate for Syrians and Muslim and Muslims. And then uh, I enjoy uh, the militian Christian militia. I was about 14 years old, and I start go to war because in my mind I want to protect Christian. I want to fight, uh, moving through hate, moving through anger, and uh, I rejected Jesus. I reject God. I, I start hating Jesus and hate God. I don't want to be a Christian, but I, at the same time, I want to fight for Christian. Mm. But this is, this is the fruits of anger. This is the fruits of unforgiveness, the fruits of uh, hate that canceled me from to be close to God. So, uh, even I born in Sunday school. I born in a good church, and I know all the stories in the Bible. My mother was praying with me every night, and my father, he was a, a good worship leader in the church, but I was against God and against Jesus. But because we have no opportunities and no chances to work in this time, because it was war everywhere, I enjoy the army because the only sources that I have uh, can have a salary. After I received my training, uh, they put me in the special forces. And you know, the mission starts to be more, more hard and more dangerous um, in a very sensitive areas. And every time I lose friends, die with me. And every day, more blood, more death, uh, more hurted, more anger. And I, I, I asked God, why you still save me? And he speak to me. It was very clear. I want you to serve me. I want you to be mine. And I answered him, I don't want you. I don't want to hear your voice. Oh. And many times he's following me, Joseph, I want you. Say, I don't want you. I don't want to serve you. This is for many years. And every time I go mission, rockets come beside us, bombs, and all people dead, injured. And I'm still okay, nothing happened. And I feel that God is protecting me, and I, I, I am more anger from God. Why are you protecting me? Even my car is protected. And the world, it was very, 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 very dangerous. Buildings destroyed, cars burned, people die, and I'm still alive and moving, and God protecting me, and I am more anger, and I want to finish my life. So you're having friends around you, they're dying, and their cars are getting blown up, and yeah. but, but you're you're walking around untouched, unscathed. You're, yeah. Your car's fine. Never, you're, That's amazing. Some, yeah, God's protecting. And at the time, you're... You're saying, Lord, I don't even want you. You're yeah. saying, you're. <laughs> now, saying. I, now I understand <laughs> yeah. how God is good, yes. how he's surrounding me and he, how much he loves me. Yeah. Jo Joseph's pastor that he grew up with um, actually told him that that he felt he was called to come into the ministry. And Joseph said, no, I hate you. I hate the ministry. He said, the only reason that you can be a Christian is because I'm out there fighting, protecting you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> man, uh, isn't it funny? The Lord always gets his man, right? Like, it's like, all right, Joseph, you can run, but I'm going to get you. Just you know, just keep trying. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. I, I was totally crazy. I have very hard attitude. I am very violent person. Uh I live with guns and bombs, and this is my life. This is how I born. And uh, when, you, when you say bombs, you mean like hand grenades, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So like your house. Yes. You had machine guns, pistols, hand grenades, rocket launchers in your house. Yes. Yes. And, and with, you with in my car with, in my house with, with babies, always. like right? Like yeah, you yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you and yeah. Georgina were wow. married, and you had children in the house with Every, hand grenades. Yes. And you would sleep probably with all of that stuff yeah, yeah, around yeah. you. Holy this is God. my lifestyle. Whew. I can't. I can't live without this. Wow. Then uh, what's happened with me, it was uh, a big thing that shaped me to wake up. And one day I was in my work and uh, it was uh, at the midnight and I wake about 
uh, he, listen, hearing a big explosion happen in the, in the place. And I know that this explosion, it's not a rocket or something. Something happened inside the work, like somebody can make a breakthrough and want to kill us. And uh, I see m- my friends are running. I start to run with them. And I find that uh, somebody come and put a bomb in, the, in our tank. And my friend was night shift sitting on this tank. He died and he fled. So R- someone, someone placed a bomb under the tank. Blew in the, it, blew it, it up. In, oh, in, in the, the tank, tank. In, in the, the tank. tank. And you were telling me earlier that you you could tell you could tell explosions all day long. You knew where the rocket came from. You knew if, if it was a rocket or if it was a grenade. Yeah. But this, you said, was something totally different, and that's why it kind of. That's why I run to that's see why what you, what it was. That's yeah. why I run because usually when rockets come, I still sleep. I don't care about about anything. If in, if I die, it's okay. Yeah. This is how I live. Wow. I no fear. Have no fear. So, so the so the tank is blown up. Your friend is killed. Yeah. And then what happens? And then I run with my with my friends, and we find about two hundred or three hundred soldiers come together to check what's happened. And the officer asked me to move the other tank because it's full of bombs. Mm. And I laid down and I plugged the cables to move. Uh, we move the the tank, and it was a very high sound asking me, Joseph. Leave this place now. There's another explosion. So some, some, you heard a voice. Yes, Someone, very clear. Very clear. And I start look and search for my friends who is calling me, and starting if if some of my friends calling me, he must escape before me, not to call me to leave. Yeah. Second time he asked me, Joseph, leave now. I stand up and search for for my friends, and the third time he asked me, leave now, Joseph. And I run. The, the, the time I run, the explosion bump. So in about just a couple seconds after yeah. you start running. A few seconds. The whole thing goes. And then you said you kind of turned, you kind of went yeah, around yeah. a wall. Yeah. Just between me and between the second explosion, it was a high wall. And I look beside me and I, I see all soldiers dead and gutted. Wow. And they're gutted because? The explosion was full of nails. Wow. Yeah, this is a terrorist tactic. Yeah, they yeah. they they explode a small bomb, and when people come to help, then a second bomb explodes the people that come. Which is a help. bigger, which is probably a bigger bomb. Yeah, this too. happened all the time in the Syrian war, and, wow. and yeah. wow, so they were so they were luring you into a trap. The voice of the Lord, which now you know it's the Lord. He yeah. said, "Joseph, get out of here. There's another bomb that's yes. going to go off." And you said, yes. "How many people died?" Uh, that day more than 200 people oh my goodness all cut it oh they were just all just totally yeah. shredded yeah. and this has bring more anger more hate and uh, more scared yeah. i feared what to do i don't know what to do so I, you're the only one yes. you're the only one that survived I, I want, so so leadership probably thinks you're the guy who did it yes and <laughs> I, I want to run to the streets to call uh, the cars can somebody come help me but nobody in the street it's war and dark, and I am alone, and I see the blood like river coming down. Wow. This has uh, shocked me and make me clinical depression, and I start fear from darkness to go that, to the toilet alone. Uh, this has destroyed all my life, what's happened. This is the big, the big uh, 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 I, I say, uh, uh, it's big thing happened in my life. Yeah. I never imagined something happened like this. And uh, the secret police come and surround the place to check what's happening. Many soldiers die. And then they arrest me. They thought that I did this. 
because yeah, you're the only one left yes. alive. Yeah. And what I shared to them, that uh, a sound calling me, nobody will trust me. And, you know, all the people are nervous. Many people dead. It's a big crime. And after that, uh, they punished me for two or three days, just picking the piece of the bodies to bring them together to make me feel sorry and guilty. You had to pick up all the body parts. Yes, yes. And that's how they were punishing yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, they arrest me and they start asking me questions, how I did this, how much receive money, why I kill my friends. And I say, no, I didn't do that. But nobody, nobody trusts me. Nobody accepts what I am saying. And uh, they put me in my room, surrounded with, with soldiers, and I'm hearing in my ears the way they want to kill me because they are all anger, and they want to kill the person who would kill all these soldiers in the same place. Because sure, who did it is from the same place. Nobody can come from outside. And I'm hearing that the way they want to kill me, and it's a few, few hours, and the first time I pray, the first time I ask Lord, please help me, I am passing in a very hard situation. I repent, Lord, I give my heart to you, I give myself, and I promise you, if you save me from this problem, I really want to serve you. And I move the pillow and I find a Bible. And this Bible is a gift from my mother. She wrote a small short prayer and encouragement verses. And she prayed that I be a man of God. And I open on Psalm 27. I open it without meaning. And I see the promises of God for protecting me. Oh. And after, after I read this, I feel I am okay. I feel safe now. Then they call me to stand in front of the officer, and he looked at me about 40 minutes with no questions. Then he told me, Joseph, you need to speak the truth now. How much money you received to kill your friends and how you did it? Who give you the money? A lot of questions. I have no answer. I told him, I am a believer. I didn't do this. He asked me, what the meaning of believer? The first time I say that I'm a believer. I refusing God. I refusing Jesus. Now start my language change. And he told me, what the meaning of believer? I told him that I believe in God who protect me to stand in front of you. He get angry from me and he kicked me out. Go out. <laughs> You're not helping your case here, buddy. Yes. <laughs> After 30 minutes, he called me back again. And he looked at me and told me, Joseph, we believe you are not guilty. Go, you are free. Wow. it's crazy. That is crazy. And you don't know what, you, you don't know any conversations that kind of led up to that, them setting you free. They just had a complete change of heart. I have no idea. Wow. All what's happened, it's it's godly thing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's just God, God, God a miracle. Everything. He set me, he make it very fast and very easy. Yeah. And, and you said, I mean, there were, you know, this, this, I, I told you earlier when we were talking, you know, in the, in the, in American history, uh, the Lord had his hand on George Washington, kind of similarly to what I feel yes. like he has on your hand over in Lebanon or, or his hand on you in Lebanon. There were times in, in Washington's uh, life when he was at war with, with Indians, where there was an Indian chief that actually shot him four times. And, yeah. and Washington was, he recorded that he had bullet holes. He had four bullet holes in his, in his shirt, but the, it didn't hit him. It didn't touch his body. And it was like there was a supernatural protection around him to do what God had called for him to do in America. Later, that Indian chief came to him and said, I shot you point blank. 
but you wouldn't die. We knew as the Indians that you had a mighty supernatural protection around you. And I, when you're telling me the story, I'm like, I, I'm excited, Joseph, because this means God has got huge plans for you. And and now you're, you, you know, obviously you're starting to see the fruit of that and you're doing amazing work. So take us from, okay, so they set you free. You just accepted Jesus as your savior. I mean, you're a man of war. All you know is war, physical war. How did you turn? How did you turn the, the to, you know the tides a little bit and start saying, okay, I'm going to now be a spiritual warrior? I mean, I, I have to think God had a lot of refining He still had to do in you. So take us through that process. Sure, it take me a time, but uh, because I promised God I want to serve Him, I visit the church very fast, and I attend the meeting and start put strategies how to share the gospel. But because of my attitude, it was very hard and tough attitude. I start share the gospel by force. I stop the cars, give Bible, share about the love of Jesus, and I have gone at the same time. <laughs> so it's like a military checkpoint. They're driving up to you. You got your gun. You stop them and say, roll down your window. Here's a Bible. Jesus loves you. <laughs> yes. And they all pray with me and accepted Jesus. Well, of course they would. I mean, like, yeah. who's going to argue with the guy I with the machine I am so happy gun? to see a lot of roots. <laughs> He he uh, he told he told me a story that that he used to go to Hezbollah apartment complexes at to to do the same thing to knock on their door kick on their door and give them Bibles but he would start at the top so that if he ever had to run he, could, he that like the people below didn't know first so he would start at the top and start kicking and the moment he had trouble that he could he could escape. It's amazing. See, you're a man. You're you're strategically gifted for warfare. The Lord's yeah. using this. This is amazing. Yes, that amazing. changed changed everything I learned. And received from the army to the spiritual uh, 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 ministry. Wow! Wow! Still, I am still a soldier, still special forces, but in God's kingdom. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay? That's amazing. But at this point, he's like the equivalent of a, a parking lot greeter saying, <laughs> "Welcome to church." I mean, he knows nothing of the Lord. He's just got a gun and Bibles, and he's telling people that Jesus. Loves I'm going to go get these people with the love of Jesus. If I if, it, if I have to shoot them first, I'll do it. But they're going to know Jesus. <laughs> I struggle between love and hate. I struggle between love and God changed my life and I am full of anger. I hate a lot of demonations and people, cultures. Uh, I come from very bad background. Yeah. I was living in the trash. You've seen, you've seen some of the most, uh, the most egregious, wicked things this world has to offer. And you saw it as a, as a, as a boy. I mean, yeah, yeah. your whole childhood and young adulthood was just being surrounded by the hell that is war. Everything, yeah. death. I, like yeah. I am passing in the valley of death. Yeah. I'm seeing death and bones and blood. And this is all my life. Yeah. Wow. My attitude was very hard, but I, love, I have heart of Jesus. I promise him to serve him. I really born again. And I distribute a lot of books and sharing uh, uh, the love of Jesus with money. Uh, knock money doors, give Bibles. And... Uh, what happened, one day I knocked a door and there's a man open for me and I told him, hi, how are you? He said, hi, I have a gift for you from the church. I have a Bible, Jesus loves you. He looked at me and said, Jesus love me? I said, yes, sure, he loves you. He said, if he loves me, you can pray for my daughter and heal her and I will be following Jesus. This is a very hard question come to me. Heal my daughter? 
all what I know that Jesus loves you. I even didn't know in the Bible, but I, I am full of uh, energy to serve and to share the gospel, to lead people to Christ, but I have no information. I have no, no knowledge. But he put me in the corner. It was very hard. I started suffering between me and between God. God, what I shall do? I am not a pastor. I know. I'm just. I'm just here to tell people you love yeah. them, and that's it. But I don't not know, healing. I don't know how to heal people. It's, yeah, it's pastor work, not yeah. mine. Yeah. But I can't say no because if I say no, I, I give a bad image. Then I said, okay. I I went with him to to her room. She's a very beautiful girl. She have kidney disease, and I prayed. And to be honest, I don't know what I pray. I left. I don't know what's happened with her. But all what's happened is happened with me, not with her. The first time I drive my car from the ministry to my house with tears. Mm. Usually I never cry. For me, the man is ashamed to cry. I am a special forces. I, I am very tough, uh, dry man. I am dry. And the first time start my reins, my tears run. And when I arrive home, I start asking, Lord, why I couldn't do it? Usually everything is possible for me. It was hard for me. Why I can't heal her? What the meaning of healing? I am full of questions. And I open the book of Acts and I start read about the Pentecost day. And see how the people was receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, how the healing every day, they was living in unity, God is using them mighty, there's a lot of gifts. And I find myself, I want this in my country, Lord. I want to, to see your healing, to see the Holy Spirit uh, visiting our, our, our land, to visiting our nation, to visit the Middle East. This is what on my heart now. I have this desire. This is something new in my life. I want this to be in my life and in my country and in the ministry. But I couldn't sleep because of the smell of the blood. I have bad dreams every day. Every day, day and night, I have a smell of the blood in my brain, in my nose. And that's the blood of the people that you were cleaning up their corpses for years yes. and years. Just it's everywhere you it's ingrained. Everywhere in I go, there's blood because wow. there's people die wow. everywhere. And you can't sleep. There's torment. Yes. You're anxious. Now you are a believer at this time. Yes. And then this is what I want people to recognize. Like he knew Jesus. He had invited Jesus into his heart, but you were still being oppressed. There was just there was a heaviness and a weight on you. I, I born again in the spirit, but my my flesh is still struggle. Yes, yeah. my flesh st still struggle, and uh, I find myself I am praying things I don't know, I don't mean. Say, Lord, I want this in my country, and I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. When I say I don't mean, I don't understand what the meaning of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't uh, understand what the meaning of the gifts and tongues and all of this. But I ask, Lord, please help me to have this in my country. I want to see your healing and baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Because I read it in the Bible, there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And Immediately I receive joy come upon me. I never have this joy in all my life. Mm, wow. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to sleep because I don't want to lose this feeling. I don't want to lose this feeling. And at the same time, I have energy in me to go and testify more. I want to go even it's late at night, to knock the doors, to scream to the people, wake up, Jesus love you. Don't go to hell. Jesus love you. And 
This is for hours, hours, hours. And in the morning, my wife, she asked me, Joseph, why all the night you are speaking in strange language? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? I said, yes, I, I was listening to you. I was speaking in strange language. I said, no. Maybe you have a heavy dinner and you are dreaming. I said, no. <laughs> I wake and I see you are speaking. The, the food you ate before you went <laughs> yeah. to bed, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she ate hamburger. <laughs> And I say, I, I, I refuse what she is saying because for me, I didn't feel like I'm speaking. All what I feel, I want to share the gospel. I am full of joy. And in the morning, I put on my military uniform and I go to my car and I have my uh, uh, morning prayer, short prayer, and start praying, thank you, Lord, for this day. What? <laughs> oh, what is this? She's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you start praying in tongues yeah and and you didn't know you were doing it the night before yes, and then I, you start praying so it's it's just like the lord is saying hey joseph i have fallen upon you now i have baptized you in the holy spirit and that's say she's right yeah. and somebody help me i start screaming at the somebody help me what is this i need help and i went to my work i like drunk and the people my my friends joseph you are different you are full of joy you are smiling I have nothing to, 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 to I, I don't understand anything. I need somebody to help me. Mm. When I arrived back home, I told her, you are right. But we need somebody to, to teach us, to help us. What is this language? I don't know. But at night when I slept, I realized that God recovered me 100%. So there's no smell of blood? No smell of blood. You slept no the whole dreams, night? Like a baby. Wow, wow. So the, the day you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you've been totally set free from that, yes. just that oppression that you yes. were feeling. And and I want the listeners to recognize this is the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it, you know the Bible talks about when you're when you're saved, the Spirit of God comes in you. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes upon you. And and I heard it said best once: the Spirit of God comes in you for your sake. So you're saved the moment you accept Jesus as your Savior. You're saved. He, you are His. You're a new creation. You're 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 part of His family now. But but that doesn't mean you're equipped necessarily to have the power to be out and go and do what what yes, the Lord wants exactly. you to do. This baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon you for the sake of others. So He's He comes in you for your sake, but He comes upon you for the sake of others and what you just experienced was that the lord saying all right joseph i'm going to now rest my spirit yes. upon you so that you can now be equipped mightily to go out and do jesus told work. us you shall receive power when you receive the holy spirit That's right give us power to testify yep. power to heal and he give us power to serve him yeah. without the holy spirit we are nothing. Well, in Acts chapter eight, you see that Philip converts this this massive amount of these massive amount of Samaritans in uh, to, to in salvation. They accept Jesus as their Lord. But word gets back to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem they send John and uh, Peter down, and they say, "Hey, go and baptize them in the Holy Spirit, because they have only been baptized by water." So you even see in Scripture where God is saying, "Hey, yes, salvation and water baptism is incredibly important, but if they're going to be effective." Yes. To spread the gospel with the power and the fervor that they need, they got to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, don't leave this place before you leave, yes. receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Because, and you know, we need the power. And the Holy Spirit is not just the power. He is God in me. 
Do you know what the sad part of that story was? There was, I think there was closer to 500 people in that, in, in that place when Jesus said, don't leave yes. until I send the Holy Spirit. Yes. It was about 10 days or so, give or take, when the Holy Spirit, when the day of Pentecost. They have fell. a lot to share. Yeah, but, <laughs> but a lot left. Many left. There was only about 120 people that received the Holy Spirit because people said, I, how long do we have to, I don't, I'm not going to sit here for, you know, a ton of, you know, I, I can't, I got work to do. And I think about those people that left uh. and missed that, that amazing day in history, right? That was that's recorded in the Holy Scriptures, and if I mean if they're in heaven today, I'm sure they were followers of Jesus, and they have to be kicking themselves, saying, "Oh my goodness, I left right before the Lord poured the Holy Spirit out on us." You know, brother, that uh, the Holy Spirit not just give us power. Also, the Bible say that He give us the love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and what's happened in my life when I received the Holy Spirit? God changed my heart to love Muslims and love Syrian. I am in love with them. It's amazing. And I am leading them 80% from the people who attend our church, and I am serving them. They are Muslims and Syrian. They call me Baba. They call me Daddy. Wow. Wow. So you went from having a bitterness and a hatred and wrestling with that, even as a Christian, wrestling with that, Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and now you love them like children, and yes. they and they love you like a father. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is amazing. It changed my life totally and put uh, God Jesus love in my heart that I love the enemies and change them to be friends and family. And I am honored to serve them. Even the, I have a very bad background. I lost my house. They killed my neighbor. They killed my friend. But now I have love for them. I forgive everything. And I know God bless me in every blessing in the heavenly places. God is visiting all the Muslim world. And he's visiting the Christians and the Catholic and the Orthodox. Because we are in the days that God wants to reveal himself for all nations. And uh, I have a friend. uh, He's a friend to me. He has a Muslim background. And uh, this guy, God come to him in his room and ask him to change his prayer and to know him more. And he give him a name. This, this man is friend to him. He's a Christian believer in the work. And he asked him, go and ask Joseph how you know me. And he go to this man and ask him, Joseph, uh, Jesus come to my room and ask me to speak with you to share me about him. And Joseph told him, okay, let's, after we finish work, because they are working together, we go to the beach and walk there in the ocean, and I lead you and you pray. And uh, Ali invites his, his, his friend, and both together they go and walking, and Joseph was leading them to pray the salvation prayer. And in the time Ali was praying, his spirit get out from his body, and he start going up and up, and a cloud come and take the spirit of Ali, and he start see the buildings, the roofs, the tanks, and after that he see in a cloud a beautiful man shining coming to him, and he told him, "I love you, Hakim. I am Jesus." Wow! And he come back to his body and he wake from what's happening, and he find himself is full of the Holy Spirit, and he is speaking in tongues, and God is using him mighty. That's what happened. And he had a Muslim and he had a Muslim background. Yes, yes. Wow. Yes, because God wants us 
God is not working uh, like us sometimes. We think this is Muslim, this is Christian. God loves all people, and he wants all people, Jews, Muslims, Catholic, Orthodox, every person is out of the kingdom of God. Want to, God wants to save him to be from his own people. But we need to be ready for this as a church, as a believer, to lead the people, to be bold enough and to release to receive freedom from the Holy Spirit, to accept others and love them and hug them and lead them through the Holy Spirit to Jesus Christ. There's many people are thirsty. And this is what I believe. To bring churches together, to bring uh, believers together in unity, this is give more power and uh, 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 spread the Holy Spirit to work in states, in Beirut, and all the nations. Yeah, We need it. We need it. For God so loved the world, <laughs> He doesn't break that down into yeah. uh, people groups or different or different, you know, you know, skin colors or whatever it might be. God loves the entire world, and I, I think this this story, Joseph, I and mean, your testimony is such an amazing example of how the Lord desperately, like, will will relentlessly pursue people. He pursued mm-hmm. you, and now He's using you to pursue the others that he loves. And and some of the ones that we would that we would say even in the states we 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 hear the word Hezbollah and we think terrorist organization, bad people, yeah. like they're all just, you know, they're just crazy. And yet God's saying, "No, no. I love them too." Yes. And and we're going to we're going to work to get them into the kingdom of heaven yes. and he's using you to do that, which is which is yeah. awesome. So so as we wrap up here, um, tell tell listeners what they can do to help support you. So you, where can they go to give money to? Because I think in the United States, you know, we God's blessed us. We get complacent. I was telling you this before we went on uh, the the air, but but we get complacent because we tend to have everything that we need. We don't need God, right? We got all of money with resources. We can we can just get now, and that's not true. We need God desperately, probably even more so in the United States now than we ever have. But we kind of find ourselves in this like you know sticking our head in the sand, saying, "Oh, everything's good." Um, but right now we have we do have resources, and so if we could take our our treasure and say, "Okay." God has put Joseph on the front lines in Beirut, in Lebanon, doing incredible work. How can they support you in that? Uh, first, can- I need to, the listeners to know that Lebanon is passing in a very hard uh, situation, very bad economy. Now, uh, uh, most of the companies closed and uh, the business closed and most of the people have no work. Our church is working day and night to help in food and in medical care. And also we are supporting our leaders because they have no salary. Uh, that salary changed to be monthly $40. Wow. $40 a month. $40. It was like 2000 or 1500 Now it's $40. When did that change? This The last two years, 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yes. Yeah, most people, um, most people don't make enough in a day's work to fill their car with gas to actually drive to that job. Wow. So like they would lose money. Going to work. Going to work. So, Matt, you were telling me earlier, you've been over there multiple times now, and at one point, it was like the Paris of, of the Middle yeah. East. I mean, yeah. like just beautiful, like just high dollar, I mean, you know, stores and things like that. And that Areas was- like that? Um, I mean, there's obviously all economic classes. I mean, we very often, Joseph's Church and is in what you might call the ghetto. I mean, it's not in a wealthy area. Um, a lot of refugees and people from all over the world. Um, but even in those... I I've have when I've been there, I've felt more safe walking through Lebanon in, at eleven o'clock at night 
by ourselves, even without Joseph, than I have on American streets. I mean, the Lebanese people were well, just well, Noblesville peaceful. is pretty, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you Lebanese people were just peaceful and generous and, and so forth, but it's all changed. Now you have poverty, you have people whose lives are at stake, and you now have mafias controlling areas i mean it's just it's really all the shops are closed like all of that beauty yeah it's gone uh, is is just it's gone and it's a reminder to us in the united states that we desperately need jesus because the moment the dollar crumbles that's what's gonna look that's what the united states are gonna look like we we put our security in in the dollar so much it's it is just heartbreaking because I, as an economist, someone who studied econ- the like world economies and and I went to school for it, there, we can only go so high in this massive debt that we've in, that we've incurred and inflation. There, the dollar's going to drop at some point, and when that happens, we're going to be right there too. And so yeah. we just need to get in the habit of saying, "All right, Lord, our security is not in the dollar; it is in you. Our provider is not our employer; you are our provider." Yeah. You are you are Jehovah Jireh. You take care of our needs. We will look to you, and and I, I think we do well to, to recognize that now before we get to a place like what we see now in Lebanon or in other places in the world. But 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 I I'm, praise God for Joseph and for the ministry you're doing because yeah. I think he's supernaturally just going to use you to provide for the food and the and the shelter and the health care for the people. Yes. And it's going to lead them ultimately, it's going to lead them right into the loving arms of Jesus. And I, I think that's amazing. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as, as horrible as war is and as horrible as the economic situation is, I think Joseph would be the first one to tell you that, that, that God is using this to bring people to, yeah. to Christ. Amen. People who would never come into his church are flooding into the doors. Entire villages of of Muslims in the, in the south are relying on Joseph for food. Uh, the last time he was here, a mayor from a village called him because their well broke. That they had thousands of people that were not going to have fresh water, and he said the government won't help us fix the well. Can you help us? Wow! Call Joseph. <laughs> I mean, amazing. it's just like he and his church and and the people. And again, this is small. I mean, we have huge churches here in the United States. I mean, like his church is tiny, but they're doing amazing. Like if we could take our churches and do with the people in our churches what the people in his church oh. are doing, like we we could it'd be be phenomenal. Fix homelessness. Well, the we whole world would change, right? Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. if you take how many churches are I was just thinking about this this morning. How many churches are there in America? How many pastors are there in America? How many people go to church every week in America? I mean, it's millions, millions. And and I'm thinking to myself, if we had the same fervor that Joseph and his church has, yeah. the world would yeah. change. The whole world would change. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now, forty dollars is equivalent to a month's salary. Yeah. Well, we all have forty bucks. Yeah. We all have forty bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Joseph has a um, an online link through a, uh, an organization here, a U.S. organization called Horizons International. Yeah. It's a five hundred one c three. It's tax deductible. It's legit. And he gets American dollars. He can actually walk into a, a, the business uh, in Beirut and they hand him American dollars, which is the only currency that has any value now in Lebanon. And so, um, you know, the cup of a coffee is, is, will allow you to do lots of things. And, 
you know, 40, 50 bucks, whatever on a, you know, if people wanted to give monthly, they could do that or one-time type things, but. Um, and it would just go, just uh, Google Horizons International. That'd be the um, best way. Do you have show notes for this? Like where I could actually give you a link? Yeah. Yeah. If we you could, have that, I, yeah. could, I could actually okay. give you a direct link yeah. that, that pulls up the site and auto fills in his name, yeah. but you can just go to Horizons International and search. There's a long list of missionaries, but if you go down to where it says Lebanon, Joseph Zorab, um, you can give that way. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's cool that the Lord, I mean, that statement there, the only currency that has any value in Lebanon is the United States currency. And I, and I think that's a testament to what, how the Lord has used the United States through, I mean, he's blessed us. Now we've made a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But, but if you're an American and you're a Christian and you're, you're listening to this right now, you have a huge responsibility to minister to the world. You, you have been given much and the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Now yeah. get off your butt and start being the hands and feet of Jesus and stop being a complacent church. Because, I, I mean, it, it it's amazing in one sense to, to say, wow, the, the United States dollar has that value right now. It's kind of like it's kind of like Paul with his Roman citizenship, right? He could get into places that nobody, no other Jew could get to because he was a Roman citizen. He had he had a great he had a great gift in being a Roman citizen, but he used it to further the gospel. Now, every American listening to this right now should recognize this. We send missionaries and money out in droves. We've done it for decades. Praise the Lord for that, but let's not stop. Let's get behind guys like Joseph and ministries that are yeah. that are proclaiming the gospel while, while the dollar still has value. Our first couple of trips there, we uh, took money and took people, and we actually tried to do projects. And we tried, we, we went thinking that we would make a difference. And I very quickly learned that Joseph has this figured out. He and the Lord, <laughs> he and the Lord and his people are doing amazing things. I don't speak Arabic. I, I can, I can pray for people, but literally that's the extent of what I can do in the Middle East, but I can support him. Yes. And it's literally the Holy Spirit working through me to do a fish and fishes and loaves multiplication because my little bit of money becomes a whole lot of money in Joseph's hands and you can feed a village, you know, that that kind of thing. Love it. I love it. Joseph, thank you for what you're doing, brother. I I can't thank you enough. And um, I hope this blesses, you know, many people. I hope they hear this and they get behind you. Um, Can I pray? Can I pray for you as, as we, uh, as we roll roll out here? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, being an amazing, awesome God, a loving God who, who loves the whole world. You don't love just some of the world or the certain classes in the world. You love the whole world. And Lord, we just thank you for how you're moving powerfully in Lebanon and in the Middle East right now. We thank you for Joseph and for his church. God, would you anoint him to be just a a powerful beacon of truth and power that floods into the Middle East? God, would you give him great favor amongst military leaders, amongst political leaders, amongst Muslims and Christians and and everyone in between? God, would you uh, Syrians? Would you give him great, great favor, open doors, God, where he can get in that no other man can shut to where he walks in, proclaims the gospel, people are healed and their lives are transformed because of your amazing power. Father, we pray protection over him and over his family, over his church in the mighty name of Jesus. Set up the powerful angels of heaven around his church, around him. Let, let Let the angels of heaven stand guard so that he can do the work of proclaiming the gospel like you've called him to do. Lord, we bind up any any attacks that the devil may want to, to use against him to bring him down, and we stand on the promise that no 
weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord, and thank you for the desire you've placed in Joseph's heart. Just like Psalm 27, 4 says, one thing I ask, O Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to search him, to seek him in his temple. Lord, I just pray that spirit just stays stays heavy and and locked into Joseph's heart, Lord, where he mm. constantly is seeking you. He's looking to you. He's he's just saying how beautiful you are, and he's pulling many people in with him, Father. So let the anointing just rest upon him. Let it go forth out of him, and God, let the world change because of what you're doing through him. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Oh, Amen. Man. All right. Amen. Yeah, well, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, no thank you. Yeah. Joseph, how long are you uh, in the states? This will probably air in a week or two, so you're you're heading back uh, today, right? Or, or no, on the end of April, but uh, tomorrow I am moving to Tennessee. Oh, okay, so you're going to Tennessee. All right, so you're going to be in the states until the end of April. All right, we'll have we just pray many uh, fruitful conversations that you're having while you're here in the United Amen. States. And uh, and again, thanks for what you're doing, Matt. Thank you for uh, bringing them in, man. Yeah, yeah. So good. Thanks for what you do in the area. You got a great house church going on right yes. now, too. Oh, yeah. God's moving. So, all right. Well, this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. Nathan's not here, but we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. We'll catch you next time. 